Welcome back to the Adventures of a Disney Dad podcast. My name is Matt Brandeber, and I am a dad of three and the founder of AdventuresofADisneyDad.com and a travel agent with the Magic for Less Travel and your host. I'm joined by my co-host, Chip Robinson, soon to be dad of five. Chip, how is everything going? Oh, it's Christmas week up here in Maslin, Ohio. We got our big rival Saturday at 2 p.m. Uh, play the Canton McKinley Bulldogs, and uh, I think there's already 12,000 tickets sold. So, oh my goodness, Chip, Chip, awesome. Chip sent me some pictures of their oh, yeah. hallways at the high school, and it is more than anything that we had in high school, that's for sure. <laughs> 100%. This week, we have a special guest joining us, Jocelyn Martins from the Magic for Less Travel. Jocelyn, thank you for joining us tonight. She is a full time travel agent and mom to three girls. She is one of the most, she has some of the most extensive experience in Disney and Universal destinations that I've met. And we're really excited to have her. Welcome to the show. We appreciate it. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me. It'll be, it'll be fun to talk with other parents of Disney Universal fans and share some info and tips there. For your yeah. And this week we're going to talk Disney and Universal vacation planning with tweens and teens. And for Chip and I, all of our kids, my kids are all five and under. Chips are all 10 and under. Jocelyn, this is like right up your alley because you've got three girls. And how old are they for everybody at home? They are 15, 14, and 11. They are May, June, July. They don't go in that order. But <laughs> yeah, they all have birthdays pretty close to one another. So they're 15, 14, and 11 right now. And they've grown up going to these destinations. So they definitely have a different lens that I think they look at these destinations and parks and things. And, you know, I'd love to share about that, but they, my oldest was just 10 weeks old when we first brought her on her first trip. And in some ways that's easier. Some ways that's harder, as you know, there's all different phases, but it's a lot of fun at this age with them for sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess you could talk a little bit about going with babies too, in that, in that scenario, which is always a fun, always a fun topic, learning about the baby care centers and, and all that stuff. Jocelyn, just by way of background, how long have you been a travel agent and kind of what's your background with how you got into Disney and doing this full time? Yeah, I I grew up a Disney kid. I was less than a year when I first started visiting the parks and it was at least an annual vacation for our family growing up. And as I got to college and stuff and started paying for my own trip, started to go a little bit more often. And it was probably about 10 years ago when I realized Ron Disney was a big thing and there were Disney podcasts and other people that were nerdy like me and really enjoyed talking about this stuff. And I kind of started listening to some of the originals. And at the time, the girls, I think I just had the oldest two and they were just 12 months apart and really was just spending a lot of time listening and talking about Disney. And I had like a little somehow got involved in selling something on the side and it wasn't even something I wanted to do. And it just kind of happened. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm leaving my family on a Sunday afternoon to go do these parties and stuff like this isn't even what, and then I was like, you know what, if I have time to do this, I want to do something that I really am passionate about. And we were kind of those go-to people for all our family and friends. And my husband and I were always, we had like email draft saves so we could help people with their trip and everything. And just kind of said, you know what, I really, I think maybe travel planning's where, you know, I want to go and stuff. And I had started blogging for a bunch of different websites and Disney fan sites out there. And that's kind of how I got my, like, touch, you know, my foot in the pool there, just kind of got it wet and just got to know people and networked and stuff. And then kind of knew that I wanted to work with the magic for less and what they represented and everything. And so I've been doing it ever since. And I did have another, 
I guess you can say career at, I was working part-time since I had the girls and I was really excited to be able to leave that behind and make this my full-time career. And it's fantastic. Most days are magical. <laughs> they're definitely not some magical points, but no, it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to spend my days like making excitement and magic for people and helping them figure out the best ways to do things. So they're not missing things or spending more money than they have to and stuff. And you get it. It's just, it's a great thing to be doing. So it, it is a lot of fun. And, and I guess just from your fi family dynamic outside of like going for work related travel, you know, to Disney, how frequently do you guys go on family trips to Walt Disney World? It's slowed down a little bit right now, simply because we did take the girls out of school a lot as they were younger. And now that I have two in high school, that's a little challenging, as are their athletics. <laughs> so as a coach, <laughs> if you know, it's my kids are all involved in a lot of a lot of club sports that we pay a lot of money for and their team relies on them to be at practices. My husband coaches some club sports. So it's actually sports have really been the limiter kind of for us to get away and but there were times we were going i would say like at least four times a year to be honest we were getting down there um for a while we really enjoyed longer trips like 10 12 night trips we kind of felt like we were paying for airfare we might as well hang out down there and stuff <laughs> that's like when the girls were really young and just we also we took things slow when they were younger we kind of kept them to like an early bedtime they didn't see fireworks and nighttime shows for like i don't know the first several years that they visited like we'd be back in our room at seven so you know when they're taking my, my a wife is nap, gonna love my wife is gonna love hearing that because they matt you need just, to learn they kept something. them happy right so if yeah. a two-hour nap in the middle of the day and then an early bedtime you know it did limit the time so we're like all right well, we have to add more days to get things done but yeah we were going we were going for a lot of our disney races for like short trips What's been fantastic about, I think people forget, or maybe not forget, but just don't realize, Disney has brought so many people into our lives. And this is the community in which we have made so many friends who they are. Those are our people. Like, these are our best friends. We see our friends in other states or when we're in Disney together that we've met through Disney more than we see, like, you know, our friends locally and stuff. That's <laughs> like our cheers. It truly is. It's That's who, you know when our friends do live in other states it's easy for us all to go back to, to orlando that's just an easy destination and mm -hmm. we know it and we enjoy it and it you know there's something for everybody of all ages and stuff so we do try and get there a little bit more the girls do have annual passes so right now it might not look like all five of us necessarily going multiple times but my husband and i will go i might take one of the kids we might take one together things like that so definitely trying to get there multiple times it's easier to go down there because you don't have to shuffle the snow in Florida. You know, I think that's why <laughs> we actually have this, like we have a running joke where if people want a nice weekend, like, or a nice weekend, or you can count on it, do like two opposites, a blizzard. We have missed many a blizzards, like <laughs> literally the one blizzard we've gotten each year, the last handful of years we've been in Florida, the heat wave that we've gotten up here we're in florida it's like been really 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 weird. it used to be we used to go away and people are like oh plan your like have your wedding whenever the martins are going you know away because it's always gorgeous and stuff but now it's we definitely seem to be missing the blizzards and heat waves so that's been if, if you live in the northeast and you listen when jocelyn leaves you leave that's yeah that's pretty much <laughs> 
And I'll, I'll just mention, you know, briefly, we usually talk about Disney and Universal News at the beginning of the show, but there, there wasn't a ton of major topics um, to cover this week. So I'm, I'm going to jump right into um, some of our topics we want to discuss as it relates to teen and tween travel planning. Um, and then we've got a ton of listener questions at the end that we'll touch on in our favorite um, game to play, overrated or underrated. And Jocelyn has no idea what subjects. Actually, Chip doesn't either. I don't what know. subjects we're going to talk about there. So it'll be funny to see what you guys think. But let, let's jump into our first topic tonight. I, I really want to talk about accommodation choices with teenagers and tweens and kids in general. Jocelyn, I, I, and you can speak to this a lot. There are a lot of restrictions when you get to families more than four about what rooms you can stay in, what room types, and do you need two rooms and things like that. But just before we get into any logistics that you think about with your family, what are some of your favorite resorts for kids of that age and kind of where are you guys constantly going because of maybe your kids' interests or, you know, other things that that happen to make it easier for kids of that age? Yeah, we're big fans of the Beach Club Villas. We are big fans of the Riviera. We tend to, we're prone to be Epcot Resort people. And that's a byproduct of my whole family. That's our number one park where the girls ever since they were little, that's been their favorite part. It remains their favorite part. So we do like that access, but being in the villas obviously allows us to spread out a bit. And that's been super important. We've definitely done the, well, we could go if we stay at pop and, you know, we'll get two rooms and we can, we can do, you know, a fifth sleeper. It's absolutely not something that my husband and I put on the table anymore. It just for us, three girls, they, this is my own fault. We don't pack light. We fly Southwest, right? I mean, why? Why? <laughs> I, like people are like, you're going to Orlando. Like you, there's nothing there you can't get or, or Instacart, whatever. And I'm like, no, the time is money and it's expensive to be there. So I don't want to spend an hour running to Target or wherever to get mm-hmm. something I forgot. So we bring everything. <laughs> and my girls kind of do that now too. I mean, I just came back from Target with, Two of them wanted to run to get some like bath stuff and makeup. I mean, like 200 something dollars later, they're spending. It's just, we bring a lot of stuff. So when the girls spread out, we actually spent a night. We were at Beach Club Villas this past August and we ended up changing our flight to come in a night early. And we stayed at a family suite at All Star Music. And I was like, I've seen them. I think they were a great layout for families. I love that you have the kitchenette. You have two bathrooms and everything. When we left there, like we shut the door and I turned around and I said, okay, girls, what would you say if this is where we were staying for the rest of the trip and not leaving? And they were like, what do you mean? mean? Like people do that? I'm like, yes, girls. Yes, they do. And they sounded like spoiled brats and they're not (laughs) really, it's just not something, it was tight to put luggage away. There was, it was storage. Like we all pack in packing cubes. We're color coded. We all have our set and stuff. So I think people underestimate the space that they're going to need when they're on vacation. So we don't tend to pack light. There are three girls. We're bringing the stuff. It needs to go away somewhere. Two bathrooms are an absolute must when you have children of this age. You know, it just, mm-hmm. it, has, it has to be. One bathroom's not going to work. So I think that's why the villas really work well for us. And it gives you that little bit of living space, which we enjoy. And I'll say that too. Like, my kids have grown up doing this. So they enjoy the resorts just as much as they do the parks. So they are perfectly happy spending time in the living room of a two, like a two bedroom villa or something and making cookies 
and literally watching something on TV and just like watching the view that we have or something. They love the different activities at the resorts, like going and doing some of the crafts that they'll have available. In the villas, they often have, well, they do have different rooms. Like at the beach club, it's called the drawing room. It's got a pool table. They just redid it. It's gorgeous. We have played can jam in there. We bring puzzles. They have puzzles. We have played phase 10 for days, like if it's been rainy and stuff. So they enjoy being that. So not only do we bring our own games, but they like playing the pool table. They like playing bocce at Riviera and being outside and the checkers and chess things at any of those resorts. They love doing movies under the stars. And that's obviously not limited to a deluxe resort, but they definitely soak up the different things that the resorts offer. And what's interesting is as they've gotten older, they prefer the quiet pools as opposed to, yeah, so Storm Along Bay, fantastic pool at Yacht and Beach Club, right? So we have access to that. Luch and Ray, who are my older two, no interest in going to it. Wow. <laughs> convinced my youngest the first day we were going to the pool to do, there's there's a couple quiet pools and there's technically a DVC pool, which is a similar quiet pool. There's no slide or anything. It's towards the back. It's just really nice. They've got some chill music playing. And so they convinced Sabrina that we'd spend that day at the pool, like that pool. And we'd go to Storm Along Bay the next pool day. Well, that next pool day rolled around and Luther Ray were like, just not having it. They're trying to talk my youngest into it. She's like, no, I want to go on the water slide and I want to play in the sandbar area and I want to do the lazy river. Da, da. So I was like, all right, I'll take you. I will. Let's go do it. And it's loud. It's chaotic. Like I much would have preferred being at one of the other pools. <laughs> she was into it. My other two took a nap. And that's, <laughs> I legit, like it was the knock on wood. Something's going to happen. They're not just that typical teenager. They're a pleasure to be around. I enjoy them for the most part, but I was like, wow, I have teenagers. They just decided to take a nap instead of come to the like water slide with their little sister. Like it blew my mind. It blew my and, mind. And all I'm thinking for anybody that's listened to our past episodes, I, I get like, like I'm, I've got to go, I've got to get to the park. So I'm sitting here thinking Matt needs to be writing notes down because <laughs> I'm loving every second about this. <laughs> yeah, we've done trips where we've only done resorts. Like so we have how, not gone how, to the park. How what are what are your tips for people that feel like they need to be in the parks all the time? Or, you know, they have to be doing something all the time. Do you, you know, one, one of the things that I posted about on social media the other day is like, just don't buy the tickets. You know, how do you plan out when your kids are going to want to go to the parks or when they're going to want to hang out the resort when you're, well, I guess it doesn't matter as much for you because you're annual pass holders. But for people that are trying to figure that out, mm -hmm. what is your advice to them? I think we just we just got the manual passes again. We had kind of they had expired before the pandemic. So we've definitely had trips we've had to figure out. And to be honest, after you get to that four day price point, a four day, five day, six day for me, like we work really hard. So when we go on vacation, I mean I'm so frugal at home, but it's like I just I'm like, oh, I mean, we'll get if we're there for seven days and six nights, we'll get seven day tickets. If we went to the parks five days, I'm not going, oh, my God, we spent that money. We didn't go those extra two days because for us, not only are we working hard, we're on the go nonstop at home. So for us to be there, it allows us to be there and just slow down, mm -hmm. be with each other. Like we're lucky right now with our schedules if we get one dinner together, the five of us. I know I think they call that Disney crazy. math, right? Like yeah, where when you're is. at Disney, it just, it's just who cares, it is. right? For us, that's kind of how we look at it. I don't worry too much about, you know, that incremental increase. If in the end I know, you know what, maybe, maybe Sabrina wanted to go 
do something one more time or like literally they'll she'll want to go into Epcot to get chocolate mousse at the French bakery. Luciana will want to go in to ride guardians. Rayleigh will want to go in to go shop at, you know, like connections or something like it just, it doesn't. So we're like, okay, we'll go in. And that's what I think a lot of people are. So we got to do this. We got to do this. We paid all this money. I paid all this money to enjoy my family. You know what I mean? So it's not so much about rides for us. And that's what I'm always trying to explain to people. Like, there's so much more to do in relaxing. Like you talked about how you love Coronado. Like that resort, there's so much to do. There's so many different areas that you can sit. Just read a book. Like I said, puzzle. We played cards in the lobby of Grandestino one day. And again, it was rainy. We took, we went and got goldfish, like edible, you know, like a little goldfish. And we played mm -hmm. poker with goldfish and stuff. And that's how we spend our afternoon. And we talk about it all the time because we had a bunch of friends there. That's what was fun. So... I realize that's a little unique for some, like not everybody is going there and wants to spend their afternoon playing cards. They can do that at home. For us, that's hard to do. So we get to appreciate those different things that the resort, like I like to think of it as an, a resort and not parks kind of like vacation. I'm all in like we're going with my in-laws who've never been and they're like, oh, we just don't go to the park. We can't go to the parks all the time. And I'm like, we're gonna we're staying at a five-star resort because we're dvc members we're gonna stay at a dvc resort looking at bay lake yeah. tower or the grand and we're like we're, we're a phenomenal facility we're gonna use every amenity possible so I, i'm loving every single thing you're saying and you know what I'm else like at the deluxe resorts you're gonna laugh are the lounges so oh, they yeah. love a lounge so they also appreciate going to the lounge and again we always have like little games in like our backpacks or something to just pull out and they're perfectly fine sitting there ordering some kind of, you know, under 21 mocktail and we people watch and stuff, but Enchanted Rose all day long, they'll do it at the Grand. Ale and Compass Lounge all day. Martha's Vineyard, like they'll go in and out of there and people start to know them and stuff. <laughs> One thing that I've noticed, like when, when we talk about split stays with people is that if you're an unpacker, you tend to not be as happy doing a split stay. How does that impact with, as you mentioned, you overpack a little bit. Does that make you less inclined to do a split stay or do you and your girls like to do split stays? It's not my favorite, but we're really efficient. We can clean Fair. up and pack up. Like we pack a lot, but we're pretty organized. Everything has a Good. spot. Like I said, we're big utilizers of the packing cubes We've got all the bags inside the bags that have more bags and stuff. <laughs> so no, we can we can pull it together quicker than some of our friends who underpack. We'll say that. If you were to pick a split stay combination for you and your kids and your husband, where would your ideal split stay be? Let's say, like, I'll give you more detail. Let's say you're doing mm -hmm. eight eight days, so okay. you can do four and four and four. What two resorts would you pick for? teens and tweens riviera was is definitely gonna be at the top of my list interesting yeah they they it. really like the activities outside there they love there's a good craft room there that they always have different projects on that they can do and stuff they love both that quiet pool the feature pool they like being able to walk back and forth to like Caribbean beach, to like that gift shop and stuff in the lobby. They like to hop on the Skyliner. I think there's some good people watching there. Primo yeah. Piatto and Le Petit Cafe upstairs has some great snacks and desserts. So like, these are all the things they like about Riviera. 
And I think, like I said, even if we're in a one bedroom there, there is ample space for us to be spread out. They have that like split bathroom for the one bedrooms, which is fantastic. But I, and I'm gonna like, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a caveat. You can't yeah. do beach and yacht. Okay, no, that's for fine. Your second second half. I want to make fine. you pick a different one. Do you want me to go like non villa too, just to really or <laughs> no? Because I I think like a family that size, you you're somewhat limited, right? You know, sometimes doing two rooms is just unrealistic. But your your choice. I guess if like everything else were equal, we would probably, gosh, it depends. There is something I love about every single resort. I'd maybe say the Grand, like the villas there. We just haven't stayed there in a while. Bay Lake is, I love those one bedrooms because they have two bathrooms, but we don't, I don't love how small the pool areas are there. Bay Lake, I don't even think we ever go to the Bay Lake one because it's so crowded. So we end up using like the quiet pool at the Contemporary. But we did, but like that was our split stay, our last, our last one. But it was like a Bay Lake. I think we went over to Beach Club because then we focused on Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom that first half the trip, and then it was Epcot Studios. I love Grandestino Tower. I mean, that's not something we stay the five of us typically. Um, and and that's the downside to Coronado, right? It's just yeah, you know, the tower has very limited rooms for that family size. That makes yeah. Sense. I've stayed there with different kids. Like they love staying there. So like if we're doing a trip where we're going with like a friend or it's just us or something, that's worked well for us. We love that. I love the club level rooms there. Like even Saratoga and Old Key West, you can't beat the space <laughs> at Old Key West. Saratoga, they did a really nice job with their refurbs. Like the rooms are nice. You Like the pull down bed is not a sofa bed. That's the thing. I love Beach Club. It, it is like our number one. It's off the tip of my tongue every time. It has its flaws. It totally does. There are it, things it, so it, much it better. Pull, it needs the pull down in the two bedroom. I'm it with needs you. the pull down, the bathrooms, the triangular bathrooms with 16 doors so that you have to open the door for the glass shower <laughs> to go in the toilet. Like it needs to be like just demolished and put back and stuff. But yeah, Saratoga, being able to go over to Disney Springs for things and stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely going to say villas for us, just having the space to spread out and stuff like that yeah that, that's one of the reasons we we went we became dvc members we're a family of soon to be family what seven now um and we're gonna go and we have to have a two-bedroom like we, yeah. we can't go anywhere but the other side about a two-bedroom is we're gonna be able to sleep nine so grandma and grandpa are gonna be able to start coming and mom and dad are gonna get the night off Sure. And it, it really does change your vacation when you have the like the kitchenette and that amount of space because it does make it even for someone like me that's not as inclined to want to be in the room all the time, it does make it more comfortable and lets everybody spread out and it gives you a ton more options in terms of ordering food or groceries or going to Target. It, that, that even saying saying my wife going to Target scares me. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not cooking. I don't even cook at home. I'm not cooking. Uh, well, but yeah, but snacks like... and drinks and things for the kids to grab. And Chip, I don't know about you guys. When we come in the room, that table, that like little banquet table in oh, the yeah. villas, it's just always like it's always it's ears, it's empty water bottles, it's the thermoses, it's their belt bags, it's their pin trading bags, it's the sunscreen, the fans. It is just always. And if you don't have that dumping ground, I'm like, I don't know where people are putting these things. And, and the stroller. The stroller goes there, too. <laughs> yep. Yep. My dad had a scooter this last time. So, yes. We were like, like, and he did it. That was like an impulse thing. All of a sudden, he was like, yeah. oh, I, I think I might need this. And, uh, yeah. 
that goes that takes up some room. Matt, Matt's sitting here thinking, like, oh man, see, because you got two bedroom coming up, right? Aren't you? In a two yeah, we've got the two bedroom villa at Saratoga in January, and we just stayed there in September for we did a split stay at Animal Kingdom, Savannah View, and then switched over to Saratoga just to test it out and get the lay of the land before our our big family trip in January. And it it was kind of mind blowing how awesome Saratoga was. The rooms in particular, they're gorgeous. They're modern, which is like what we really love. We we don't like the in your face Disney IP as much as we like kind of the subtle touches, mm-hmm. which was really great. But the, the one thing that killed me about Saratoga is the buses are they're long. It's such a big resort. So like when you no matter what stop you get on, if you have to ride through the others, it can be a little bit of a haul. And that was my only kind of downside, but it's such a gorgeous property. But the villa thing, really, when your family gets bigger, I think it really opens your eyes to a lot of the possibilities of spending more time at the resorts and and doing those things. Jocelyn, you know, one of the things that I think we see with guests at the Magic for Less, and and you can touch on this a little bit on what you see with your your guests, but as kids get older, they get more interested in Universal. And we start to see people want to spend a day or two there or even book an entire vacation there. For your kids growing up as, as Disney kids, um, what did you see? Like what, what age did they start to become more interested in Universal if they did? And how did you navigate that with your vacation planning for your family? Yeah, it was probably not purposely a little bit later then they absolutely could have enjoyed it and stuff. My youngest was not tall enough the first couple times we went over to Universal. And my children don't have any fear, especially her. She is my hockey player. Like she is feisty. She wants to be, she was not having it. She couldn't ride Hulk and stuff. (laughs) So I think, you know, when they say, what's the best age to visit Universal? And the answer is 42 inches old. There's really something to that. And I think when you have children that are kind of split, you have to recognize you're going to spend time separately. Some of our best friends that had happened to, I think it was last year, the boys were old enough to do things and their daughter wasn't. And my friend Danny was like, it was great. We had a fantastic time, but I had a lot of fun with Sydney and Mike had a lot of fun with the boys. Like it wasn't so much cohesive. So I think that's, I think Disney definitely lends itself to obviously families being able to do a lot more together. But they love Universal. They love the thrill rides. We definitely love Harry Potter. Have read the books. I made them all Chip. read. <laughs> yes. Jim, you're missing out. I'm telling you, audiobook. Audiobook's the best way to go. Jim Dale is the most something fantastic else. narrator. All right, I'll fantastic. do Fantastic. <laughs> so if you don't have time, just put it on in the car or something. That was how the first time I was like, I, I don't, I had no interest in the books or the movies or anything. I, I was a fan later in life. So. But we really enjoy it over there. I think that having them all be able to experience things. What's tricky there too is I'm very prone to motion sickness. My husband does not love thrill rides at all. So the first couple of times we did go with them, they were tall enough, but not necessarily old enough to send on things by themselves either that we were comfortable with. So what's nice about Universal is they do have those rider swap room so everybody kind of can stay together until you're loading and stuff and then we could just step off to the side but that was still tricky when they were a little bit younger so we planned our vacation with friends who our friend (laughs) david would go and ride everything with them so 
that's something to consider too if parents you know aren't as interested as their teens like sometimes again my youngest has been tall enough to do things for a while now but she just turned 11 so you can't just send her you know off and stuff what what age did you start to feel comfortable with and broadly going off on their own at the parks if they do and then you know i guess more narrow like just being able to ride something on their own what age did your kids kind of hit that mark or did you feel comfortable as a parent hitting that mark that's that's the one thing that like my wife and I talk about all the time that I worry about is like, I would love to take my daughter just by myself down to Disney. And it's not something that we're necessarily comfortable with, with just one parent. And then you think about the teenage years, sending them off in the park on their own is a whole different deal. You know, kind of, how did you guys navigate that? You know, let me give you some background at home. We're very strict and probably more so than anybody we parent with around here. The girls' friends know like, oh, well, well they're not, probably not going to be able to get to, like, Joss and Moose aren't going to let them do that. Or they're not going to be able, you know, we're, we're a little bit, so when I say we let them do this there, it, it sounds, I always feel like people must think I'm just this loosey-goosey parent. Like at home, I mean, I was like crazy with the baby car seats, right? Like I would go to the police station every time I had to move the car seat. And they're like, Jocelyn, you do it better than us. And I'm like, no, you need to make sure it's in right. And then when we're at Disney, I'm like, everybody get in the Uber. Here, sit on your lap. Right? Like, just so, you know, like I, I got this false sense of security. And I think we do a little bit. They're just so familiar and comfortable there. I would say it's been very recently, maybe in the last couple of years that we've let them be alone in the park. And like we're in the park, you know what I mean? Like, okay, we're going to be at baseline tap house. We want to go ride slinky dog again. And we're like, okay, let us know when you get in line. The older two do have a phone. My youngest doesn't let us know when you're in line. Let us know when you're off. And they're very good about like, we're loading now we're getting off things like that. And then they come back and touch base and stuff and they kind of go out. And so now they're doing that in Epcot. This last trip, actually, we went over to La Cava and it's like a favorite. Again, the girl's like, can we go get chips and salsa and guac and stuff? And they love the servers there. And we go in and we're sitting there. And then my youngest was like, there's no one in line for three cabs. Can I go ride it? So what we do for her, or we have these last the couple of trips, we, she doesn't have a phone. We'll bring an old iPod touch and put it on Disney Wi-Fi so that we can iMessage with her. So we were like, sure, Sabrina. So she went out. She's like, I'm getting on now. I'm getting off. There's no one in line. Can I ride again? She rode it six times in a row while we were in La Cava. And then she came in, grabbed a little bit more guac and went back and rode it again. So very limited. I think we also, this last summer, and again, this is probably the first time we did it. We were at Hollywood Studios and my husband and I went over to the Hollywood Brown Derby Lounge and the girls were like, you know what? We're not even that hungry. Can we just go back? And so we let the three of them take the Skyliner back. And that's not something I don't think we did much sooner than this. They're very responsible. I just, it's not, you know, them you worry about trusting. It's others. I do feel safer there. I do know we've had a few good friends that have worked in security there as managers and everything. So we have a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Everything's being seen. So yeah. that gives me a little, you know, there's there's nothing really that's going to happen that they're not going to know. Obviously that can't necessarily prevent some things and stuff, but as long as they stick together or when we were at Beach Club, my youngest would want to go down. She's like, can I go down to the drawer? Like, I'm, I'm ready. You guys are all still getting ready. Can I go downstairs and play pool? Or can I go downstairs and I'm going to get, you know, I'll go get you a coffee or whatever and stuff. And she would, with that iPod, let us know she was there and come back and stuff. So I think that speaks to just my kid's comfort level there. You know, when 
Mm-hmm. I would always tell somebody when they're kind of worried about this and their kids are younger, like explain who, what a cast member is, what the badge looks like. You know, you go ask them for help or ask another mom for help. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I look at somebody else who has kids, tell them you're lost or something. We've definitely lost, we lost Sabrina twice when she was younger. Once in Epcot, she turned when we did in, in Morocco and it was the last day of our trip. And at the time I made the kids wear like those live strong bands. It had her my phone number and her name and the little stinker had taken it off that day and it wasn't on her and she wandered off and it was nerve wracking. Um, that's like the, I mean, that's a parent's worst nightmare, right? Yeah. And I, I think the iPod, the iPod touch is brilliant. I've never heard that tip before. I think that's, that's awesome. Particularly because I'm kind of on the stricter side of things too. Like I, I don't want my kids to have cell phones and, stuff like that, but you have to balance it with everything at Disney is on the app now. Mm-hmm. So like your kids are going to want some sort of device to be able to use to ride rides or make Genie plus or see yeah. wait times or whatever. So I think, I think that's a really, really brilliant tip that I, yeah. I haven't seen discussed anywhere you can else. Use, you can use the old cell phones, old smartphones is the same way. I've, I've heard of it and I like that idea, but you can use any like old iPhone if you have an old iPhone laying around and yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, we I actually just, did it for the first time Disney on the Wi-Fi. cruise line. Oh, yeah. yeah, we did it on the cruise line to be able to communicate and stuff because you can iMessage on the cruise too. And that's what, because she, again, she's off doing her thing and stuff. So Matt, Matt wouldn't is, understand that. I, you'll never see me on a cruise um, just because the, like, it's just not, I'm not going to be able to convince my wife to ever get on one. But at least my blood pressure would be a little bit lower because they have to be on the boat somewhere. And so like, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have those like worst case scenario panic moments, maybe not as much as a parent, but well, Matt, I do what feel if, like it. What if Disney yeah. invites you and I on the cruise? I mean, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> you and I going is different than my family and I, going. you know, maybe there'll be an opportunity for me through the magic for less or, or whatever to, to get on a cruise at some point and maybe do one of the, the runs, the run Disney races and stuff like that. I'd love to do, but I'll be hard pressed to get my wife on. on a boat. That's kind of how my husband was. And then he finally decided to do it. He was just like, okay, I don't want to hold my family back from doing this. And he loves it. I can't say he's like, can we go on one? He's not asking for our next one. <laughs> but once he's there, he really enjoys it. He has to forget and he's on the boat. But Is he as into Disney? I, I don't want to say as into it as you are, but does he love going as, as much as the rest of your family does? Or is he, he kind of like, now. hey, let's let's go to the Bahamas or or stuff like that? Yeah, no, he does now. He was not when we met. He actually proposed there, which was ironic because that's where he brought me. It was our first time there together, but he was not. He'd only been a couple times, not necessarily great experiences and just didn't have, you know, didn't grow up like that. Like we, you know, Mm -hmm. I did. So he's definitely become. And again, like I said, he doesn't love the thrill rides and stuff. So he is very much into the resorts, into the atmosphere, into us slowing down, you know, being by the pool, being in World Showcase, things like that. So another person for me to learn from. That's that's what it is. So Jocelyn, I got a question about dining. So yeah. Do you guys do I mean with three girls they're getting into teenagers? You still do the character dining or we what, what kind of meals do you guys do? Are you more Disney Springs? I don't know. I'm kind of interested to know that. Finish your dining chip. I sound like such a snot. <laughs> you don't you don't it's okay. i asked my kids they're wanting narcooses they're wanting california grill they're wanting ale and compass 
those are some of their favorites. Where else? They'd be like Homecoming, Raglan Road, maybe Flying Fish. They What we typically do is for breakfast, it's kind of like they might run down and maybe grab a Mickey waffle, maybe have some cereal in the room. Like breakfast isn't now as teens. When they were younger, we did a character breakfast like every morning. Now they just kind of, we kind of grab something or we go to Epcot and we go to the French bakery. Like that is our jam. Like the people in France know us. <laughs> to start there with some bubbles and and something good we don't tend to eat like stop and do lunch anywhere like i wouldn't even say quick service it's more like we're kind of snacking wherever we are and stuff and if we did have a breakfast and then we kind of we definitely do dinners each day okay. we definitely almost have a dinner every day and so like i said i'm trying to think this last trip we did oh, we did hoop de doo they love hoop de doo so not necessarily character but entertainment we love beer garden Again, like kind of dinner show. They love that. It's just so fun. They, I'd be interested to see if the teens got up and danced if we were to go now, because typically the three of them would be up there dancing and stuff while they're playing the horns and the music. We did do Kate May breakfast. That's like their favorite, like absolute favorite. We like the food. I can't say it was for the characters necessarily. They love just the breakfast that's offered there. They, again, they love the vibe of the beach club. My youngest was really interesting to see. I think 11 was an interesting age. She's the third kid, so more mature 11 than the other two were, right? Because she's the third. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but yet she was so, she was so torn between being like independent and mature and being a child still. And we always try to make sure when we're doing our family trips that we do something, things that we love, like our favorites, and then do something new. So this trip, we had never dined at, the um, sci-fi dining it just had never happened so we dined there as a phantasmic dinner package because okay. my kids had never been to phantasmic oh and that was just a byproduct of again not doing nighttime shows when they were kids and then us going back to epcot every night because we were big illuminations people or it's hard to get to it's, it's I, I feel like people don't realize sci-fi is pretty hard to get and i don't terms know why of... it was a one and done for us one and done for sure but so i think we like to do new things and stuff and that's what i i asked them each what would you guys be telling your friends if they were asking you so i'll share that with you but we definitely they like to in, sit down they like to order appetizers they like to take it slow so the dinners we definitely spend you know more money and more time on and that's where we kind of do our dining so it was definitely we ate at hoop de doo um Gosh, Narcoosie's one night. Have you guys tried Rodeo Roundup Barbecue yet? We haven't. I know yeah, you loved it. I, I, I'm, I'm a stan now. As the, as I the feel like it's the... going to be so, like so loud. It seems very overstimulating to me. Not as much in sound as it is in appearance. Like there, there's just a lot to look at in there, which is definitely... I think it's attractive to little kids for that reason. Yeah. But I, I think you'll be surprised. To me, I was just surprised how good the food was. And it sounds like your kids are a little bit more on the foodie side. Yeah, um, they do love and food. I, I they think they'll be a little surprised by how good the food is there. I was, at least. Well, it'll be so there's more. a grilled cheese at what's it called? Woody's, Woody's Lunchbox. Lunch yeah. So there was a grilled cheese. So my middle daughter, Ray, we were into a certain She's like, Mom. I know it's early. Can I, I want to get this grilled cheese to try. I've heard, like, I've read a ton about it. I'm like, okay, go ahead, mobile Lord. I get, get, get the grilled cheese. 
So we're walking. It didn't, I mean, it took a picture for the gram, whatever. And she's eating it. I'm like, so how's the grilled cheese? She's like, it's the best grilled cheese I've ever had. She's like, there are four cheeses. And like, she's like, one's a blend. I, she's like, I taste notes of pepper. And like, she's going on to describe the cheeses. And I was like, right, only you. Like I was cracking up because no other 14 year old is ordering the grilled cheese and figuring out the different hints and flavors of the cheese and stuff. So she, she definitely that gives sounds you like insight. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So, so what were you mentioned that you asked your daughters kind of where they would recommend to friends their age? What were their recommendations? I'm curious now. I said like post it as if your friends were saying, you know, telling you you're, they're going to Disney next week. What next week? What's the thing you're going to tell them about? Like do don't do. Left it very broadly open. So my oldest said she wanted them to know to not to underestimate shows because she thought oh. shows were really. Interesting. Good, which I, I right? The 15-year-old answer. Yeah. Yeah. My 11 year old, she answered next. Now, so Sabrina has actually given, she goes, Why don't you read the tips I've given you? Sabrina has been fortunate enough to contribute for a couple of years to the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World for kids edition. Oh wow. So she was awesome. asked, I think the first one was 2019. So she was asked, and I think late 17, early 18 to be a contributor. Awesome. So that's and it's cool. funny because she was like, if it was 18, she was like six, seven when she started. And I have to be like, honey, you have, like, you can't, it was all about food. Her tips were all about food. Like she never talked about rides. And I was like, this again, speaks to how we kind of vacation, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'd have to be like, okay, let's talk about this though and stuff. So she said that she's like, I know people, like, if you're talking about teenagers, then people, and she was like being all dramatic about it. People are going to want to, you know, they're not going to want to try new things because they're being like their moody selves, but really they need to try the new things because they don't know how much they're going <laughs> to like it once they do. So that was the, her 11 year old advice. And then Ray, my 14 year old said she would be telling her friends, there's always more food around the next corner. Oh, that's, that, that is <laughs> true. That is, that true. is absolutely true. And, and there's always a trash can to stand by. Uh, yes. Yes. There's no doubt about that. So we've talked a lot about dining and, and resorts. And again, just because we have a lot of really fun questions at the end, I want to um, touch base on one other thing. Are there are there any like budgeting or um, saving tips that you have for when you talk to guests that, because you've talked a little bit about your own spending habits and things like that, you kind of let it go when, when you go on vacation, which is, that's how I am. And I think that's how Chip is too. When, it's that Disney math, but if somebody comes to you and they've got a larger family, what are some of your recommendations if they've got a budget or if they're trying to save a little bit of money, whether it be with resorts or food? I know the dining plans have been a big one. What are some of your key tips or, or thoughts in those areas? Yeah. When people ask me about the dining plan being worth it and stuff, I always ask them, I'm like, well, tell me a little bit how you envision yourself eating there. Like, what's your routine going to be? Like, are you going to be stopping? I think what I like to then back up and explain to people is, how expensive food and dining is at Disney? You know, I, I actually haven't gotten a lot of feedback since the dining plans have returned when I'm pricing them. Oh, that's so expensive. So I'm, I'm really, I'm a little bit surprised, but happy to see that I'm not getting that feedback. But, and I don't know if it's just because I'm working with a lot of repeat guests now and stuff, and they know how expensive it is to eat there. And mm -hmm. so I think that's what's important for guests to realize. I'm, one, I'm like, someone who's never been, I'm like, have you ever been to New York City? like oh yeah i'm like yeah that's how expensive it is to eat like <laughs> you're paying a ridiculous amount of money for a bottle of water like i get my case of water for less than a single served bottle cost there off property so i i 
think I like to ask people, you know, how are you going to eat? And if, if it's similar to us, like, oh, I might just not eat breakfast or we don't do this or we're snacky or whatever. Then I, I say, we get Garden Grocer delivering all the time. Like order some stuff. You, you're not limited to not bring things into the parks. I think that's especially key for younger children too. I don't know if you guys find this with your kids being young. When the girls were younger, they wanted familiar, familiar food and snacks. Mm-hmm. They oh, wanted yeah. to eat the same things they were eating at home, even though there was all this awesome stuff. So like the very first couple of times we're like, oh my gosh. And so then, you know, you're ordering it last minute because they wanted their, the puffs when they were little, right? Like those things oh, yeah. that they had and stuff. So or the pouches think, and stuff like yeah. that, like the stuff that you need for younger kids, for they sure. The same stuff. I definitely let guests know, you know, to help budget, do the gift card trick. If you have a wholesale club near you or a red card at Target, absolutely. I mean, when you're spending thousands of dollars, four or 5% adds up quick. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. We don't have a giant eagle up here. I don't know if you guys do where you are, but I know like our friends in PA and stuff, like they don't even pay for their gas anymore because they get all their Disney gift cards, the giant eagle, and they get their points for gas and stuff like that. So anyway, you can kind of double dip or things like that. And then right off the top. And then I think that helps you budget a little bit too. So we definitely, if we are being a little bit more conscientious, we'll load up those gift cards to that thousand dollar max. And like, I'll ha- hold on to one. My husband holds on to one and things, or that's how the girls we've always budgeted when we were the ones providing their spending, you know, this is your gift card. Like you have this much on it. Once it's gone, it's gone and things like that. But it's the same for us planning and paying for the vacation and, and dining. I absolutely think using gift cards is important. I think that you can definitely especially in Epcot and festival times, it doesn't have to be a meal, a traditional meal snacks are going to add up and things like that. And non-traditional ways. And like I said, the lounges, a lot of lounges have a little bit lighter menu. So prices are a little bit lower. So you're still having good food. It's not so much, not that quick service is fast food. And so I don't want it to come off as that, but it's a little bit more, you know, whole, whole food isn't the way to describe it either. But. <laughs> I'm with you. The I mean, the quick service you can make it as fancy as you want to be. I mean, you go over to mm-hmm. over to France and go to go to the pastries and get all those. And we we love doing that. We go get a loaf of uh, the baguette. The baguette, right? It's the steal. baguette, a cheese thing, yeah. the soup there, the salads. Like uh, we eat at the French bakery collectively, probably more than everywhere else for sure. Because <laughs> it's breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's open. Yeah. It's all those times. We do do breakfast dessert if we're having breakfast because I mean, you can't <laughs> pass up on those. Yeah. I can't blame I you think, that. You know, the, the one thing that I'll mention just because I've spent the last like three weeks working on the dining plan calculator for our website and like pouring over all the menus the biggest thing that I'll, I'll just kind of note is to watch out for with this age group is that the that's when they become adults in terms of the dining plan and the adult, the adults are not where you win with the dining plan. Kids are the ones that really become a win and save you money when it comes to buying the standard or quick service dining plan. The more kids you have nine and under, the more it's, it's an easy win. But when you get to the point where you've got a, an adult, you know, it's, I think, $94 per night for the dining plan, which essentially means you've got to get $94 worth of value in terms of food and a table service, a quick service and a snack and technically a refillable mug, too. But a lot of people will seem to forget that, you know, adult is not 18 at Disney. And it's it, like you. So when you talk about an 11 year old or a 10 year old, 
you know, they're paying the same price as you are for the same amount of food that they're probably not going to eat. So it's something that's important to keep in mind, I think, when you're talking about the dining plans in particular and the budgets. If you've got kids, they're pretty much a slam dunk, I think, for the most part. But if you've got, you know, teenage kids or tweens, it becomes a little bit more of a, of a discussion, I think. I think it's important to note, Matt, for those, though, as I've been looking at a lot of the prices, so many of the dining locations, table service now are prefix, family style mm-hmm. or buffet. So it is a set price. So it doesn't matter that if you have a picky teenager, if you're dining, you know, like, let's say Garden Grill, that's $62 meal before tax. Hollywood and Vine mm-hmm. is like 63. Chef Mickey's is 66. Like you're in it. So if the dining plan is just another $30 and that's going to cover your quick service and your snack. And then uh-huh. that smoothie that they wanted with their drink, because they're going to get a specialty cocktail and then their soft drinks, that refillable mug. Like, I think that's the other thing too. I was going through menus. There's a lot. It didn't used to be as many prefix family style buffets as there are now. It's just about every character meal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't and know if there's any that aren't, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's, there's any that are not. Like, no, I, they're I don't all, either. They're all buffet or the family style. And I'm a having five. We're we're dining plan until probably three of them get to the age, just because I can go to Boma and get a sixty dollar dinner, and then I'll get a fifteen dollar drink, and that's that's seventy five dollars right off. Absolutely, right off and, and that that's it's it's basically twenty twenty eight bucks a day in snacks and the refillable mug, or twelve twenty eight bucks at the beginning for the snacks and the refillable mug. So if you've got kids that use those refillable mugs kids in general. I mean, it's, it's a, to me, it's just a slam dunk and there's definitely meals that you can look at and you're like, all right, you know, the, the higher end prefix meals and the buffet style stuff, like you, you definitely get your money's worth. I think if you're trying to sit down at least once a day for a table service, the standard plan is going to make sense. Once you look at those prices per head, it it just, it sure is. is. Where, where they where I think Disney first of all their pricing is pretty brilliant like when you look at the average price of a table service and the average price of a quick service it ends up coming out to be almost exactly what the price of the dining plan is where where you win so to speak is by going to those places that are a little bit more expensive and thinking about it in advance and making those plans and things like that and then but the drinks yeah. too I mean like oh, you yeah. said there's not a cocktail under 15 bucks anywhere there's not a soda under like six <laughs> no you know no. i think i think with the dining plate like where you don't want to go is the disney springs restaurants i mean that's where i mean you go to i love homecoming but it's 30 bucks for fried right. chicken where you could go to uh, anywhere else and get fried chicken and you're going to get maybe a character meal and I think oh, and that, that's, where, that, that's where that's where you get. That's when you're doing your split stay, and then you're not yeah. doing the dining plan on the end there when you're yeah. staying at Saratoga because you can walk over to the Springs. There, there's <laughs> always had a few a, guests do that: the split stay and doing dining on only part of it. Oh yeah. There's a there's always a, a group of people that hate Paradiso 37 and like want it like demolished off of Disney Springs. We we usually like it as like an easy place to go and know that we can always get in. And I was blown away that it's a table service meal on the dining plan. Yeah, like, not, like that's an example it. of like, I would just pay out of pocket and save the table service credit for a different yeah. day and use it somewhere else. Like you, you don't, a lot of thing that like a lot of people don't remember is you don't have to use those credits on, you know, that day you can bank them and do two quick service one day and then two table service the next day. If you're on the standard dining plan, you don't have to, 
you know, stay, you don't, it's not use it or lose it every single day of your vacation. Um, there's a significant just, number of places that you do need two credits. Yeah. Done. So it, you can save it for that. A lot of those character meals and a lot, a lot of the stuff that you guys love, the fine and yeah. signature dining. We were deluxe food. dining plan family. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Nice. You're, you're going you're gonna to need those two credits. So, um, but I want to jump into listener questions. We, we got a bunch that were submitted via Instagram. So thank you guys for everybody that submitted questions. Unfortunately, I made the mistake of not writing down the names of who submitted them. So just, <laughs> just know in advance that we thank you for submitting the questions. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump right into these. Jocelyn, Chip, I want to get your, your thoughts on these things too. The first question was at what age or point do you let your kids head off on their own and do their own thing? And we've kind of touched on that a little bit. So I want to touch more on the second part of this. How safe are the parks for kids who want to explore on their own for a little bit? Jocelyn, how do you, you've, you've talked about it a little bit. So I don't want you to have to rehash yeah, it. No, there's, there's eyes everywhere. There's absolutely eyes everywhere. There are cameras everywhere. There are unmarked isn't the word. And I'm getting tired. They're playing, playing clothes. That's what I want. They're playing clothes, security. If you, once you start to figure that out, you can, kind of identify them, but they're all over the parks. I I think that's going to totally be a personal decision. I don't want to ever tell somebody or think that somebody's being judged. I am remembering not summer 2022. We went to dinner with friends and we went over to, we were at flying fish and the girls were doing something different first. And they asked, they wanted to go, they wanted to ride the monorail and just, they wanted to go to the gift shop at, on the monorail loop. And it wasn't like, okay, go ahead. We were like, okay, all right, let's think about this. We were actually staying at the Polynesian. So, you know, we were going to be on the monorail loop to begin with. And we kind of talked it through and you guys know where you're going and make sure you're staying together and stuff. And, and we did feel okay. And again, they touched base every time they got to a new resort and stuff, but they were places that my kids were familiar with going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We're in the mall. Like if we, if they get me to a mall, I'm not even letting them go <laughs> off there by themselves. So I definitely, I feel safe there knowing how secure Disney is. Does that mean nothing bad happens? Absolutely not. Um, you I feel the feel same way at Disney Springs and Universal? Or are you a little bit more... Disney Springs during the day, maybe? Like, I wouldn't let them go there. If I was at Disney Springs and we were in one part and they another, I don't know that I'd... Definitely not at night, I don't think. Universal, yes, they are familiar enough there. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, you can go to City Walk while we're staying at the resort or something. But if we're there and they're going to another store or going to watch the band playing or something like that, or, again, they're going to go do a ride and stuff, and again, it's it, that's a privilege. So as soon as they don't uh-huh. check in, right, they don't get to do it. It's not like just because we say once you get to do it, then they get to keep doing it. So my kids do understand, like, you have to respect the boundaries we put in place. So once you go down, do that, if we say come back and check in so we can physically see you, that's what you do. And then if you don't do that, we're not doing this anymore. And and I, I get kind of go with like, we're probably going to get to the point where we'll send our oldest daughter and our oldest son to go like, get something out of line like go up and get a snack but we're gonna have eyes on them and and then that way that'll get us more comfortable and the more times they go it'll be more comfortable but there i don't think they're you're right there's no age it's 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 one of those where you're familiar like you go to a football game and you let your kid go hang out with your friends maybe that's maybe that's the right age i don't know what, i'll be what sitting age with them <laughs> well it depends I'll be on right the there in the <laughs> section 
And I, I do think you guys are all making really great points. I think, you know, it depends on being, you know, comfortable with your own children and stuff like that. And we're certainly not here to replace parenting or whatever else. But I do think the more frequently you go to these destinations, the more comfortable you're going to feel. And more importantly, the more comfortable your kids are going to feel. Jocelyn's point about and Chip's point about using the cell phones and the the iPods are really great. We sometimes we'll throw air tags on bracelets and put them on the kids just in case, God forbid, something ever happened. And I think you could do that with teenagers too. Just it's the same as like find my friends. If they don't have a cell phone, you're just keeping an eye on them. And the Disney Springs always is the one that makes me a little wary just because there's, there's so much going on there. And sometimes it can be really, really crowded and I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for kids to want to go off on their own there, even just within like World of Disney. You could go in there and it can be a mess really quick. But, they, you know, they want to go shopping. Like if, if you want to stand in line for an hour for Gideon's or whatever, and your kids want to go into the Lego store or go to a different store, it's a really unique place for people to want to separate. And I, I think it's the one that makes me the like... It's an outdoor mall. I wouldn't. I, I'm with yeah. Justin. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let him go. Like that. No, well, I feel good too. I wouldn't. I, I, I'm not doing. I'm not trying not to be like the really overly strict parent, but I, like. I think this is a too, thing too that it's not. It's not right. It's wrong. It's not judgment. If my kids were five and under right now, I'd probably be going. Hell no. Oh, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not talking about no. No, I'm I talking about when my kids age, get old. But I think even no, I get that. But I think even trying to imagine it at your yeah. phase of life and parenting like it's you know what i mean like you ride like it's everything's always as hard as what it is and you rise that like babies can be exactly. hard toddlers can be hard but this is hard for these kind of worries so it is hard to imagine like i i i'm not able to project what i'm going to feel when they go off to college like i would yeah i'm going with them right <laughs> you got one <laughs> so, about to drive that's going to be a big impact i'll be right, living so, in the college dorm and i'll have yeah. a room like right next to the to the dorm or the frat or sorority or whatever exactly jocelyn and i I feel like i know what the answer is going to be for your kids so i'm going to give you two parts to this question which park is generally more preferred by teens and tweens disney or universal and give me your answer for both your kids and kind of what you see for guests that with kids that age do they prefer more to to go to universal or do they prefer to be at the disney parks what are your thoughts? I think if they're ride focused, Universal might pull ahead. I think Disney will win for the nostalgic families and the teens who have grown up as Disney kids. I don't, it, you don't often hear that t- teens don't want to go anymore. I don't think. I think when people are going for the first time as teenagers or have maybe only been to Disney once, they want coasters and they want fast. And so Universal can definitely pull ahead for that, for sure. I think my kids would. If I said right now, which do you want to go? My guess is going to say they're all going to say Disney first, but I, I'll have to confirm that and let you know. <laughs> Would they always say Epcot first? Probably. And and that's Probably. really I, I was I was talking to a guest tonight before we started the podcast, and and it's fun talking to people that are in kind of anywhere from like the thirty to fifty five age group. Right now, we remember growing up as kids and and Epcot wasn't the spot to be when you went to Disney when we were younger. And that that's maybe that's just my opinion, but I feel like that's pretty generally held is you either wanted to be at MGM or you wanted to be at Magic Kingdom. 
And it's, it's fun explaining to people now how much different Epcot is and how much different it is for kids. Like there's so many characters and there's so many really good rides and that's not even getting into like the food and drinks for adults, but it's fun to start hearing kids in this age group really like being at Epcot. I think yeah. that's really cool. I know when you were saying that about the characters and stuff, and I think the characters, the attractions, they've definitely upped their game and stuff. For us, it's been, we made Epcot really fun from when they were toddlers. And again, this could have been, we strolled World Showcase when they took their stroller and out in the middle of the day. But then when they were very young, we did scavenger hunts for them outside of like the festival ones that they developed. Like my husband, that would be his exciting part of the planning. He would do like picture scavenger hunts. So five-year-old might've had words and a little bit more descriptive, but he like had it kind of age appropriate for each kid to look for things. And we would do, we always made it a point to do the entire world showcase and we'd have a goal. So one trip it was, we're going to try on hats, take pictures of you trying on hats in every country. One time it was, we're going to buy cookies in every country to bring home. One time it was, we're going to buy chocolate. That was like a winter trip. Don't, I don't suggest that in summer, <laughs> but it was like, we're going to buy chocolate. And then when we come home, then we can have that on certain nights and stuff. So we always made it a point to culture might be too strong. I don't want to make it sound like we're a super culture, you know what I mean? But we like appreciated the pavilions for, again, I had three girls. So they enjoyed all the shops, even as when they were younger, they we'd go in and out of the shops. They're trying the food. What's interesting is my oldest two are very shy, might be the right word. They're perfectly fine holding conversations with adults and if they meet you, but they are very much observers. My husband and I are the most outgoing, like social people. It was very alarming when we had just the two of them. We were like, whose genes do they have? <laughs> then my third came along and it explained it. She got like all of that and stuff. But what we found was interesting is when we traveled to Disney, they were more comfortable there than anywhere else we ever saw them talking to people, dancing without anybody watching. Like they, we would took them to a couple different sports. Once they realized people watched and could see you, they didn't want to do it anymore, but we'd be down there and they would go right up in the parade or be in the show and stuff. So it just, there was some magic there for my kids. So I think, and we found a lot of that in Epcot, talking to cast members in different countries and stuff and having those cast members there on the international college program was really special for us. Like we interacted with them a lot. We made friends. We literally, they knew us by name when we would come back on a trip. And so for us, those are things that are special. And so I think that made, you know, they saw how much we enjoyed it. International Gateway Loop is on like repeat often on Spotify in our house. We did have Hollywood Studios Christmas Loop on today, or we being I, I should say, but right, right. I'm all, I'm all about Chip, it. We have 11 Christmas trees. You'll love it. Send oh my Lord. gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My, my wife said something to me the other day. She's like, we'll, we'll wait till after my, my son's birthday party's in a week or so. And she's like, I might have it up. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's it's coming out of storage, not this weekend, next weekend. So I think that's why they've liked Epcot. Not necessarily the rides. But like that was a bonus for us. The characters were a bonus. They liked the restaurants. Like I said, they liked going to Beer Garden, Via Napoli, going to La Cava, things like that, the French bakery, and being able to walk in and out of Beach Club where we often stay. 
they love the other parts. It is not to say they don't. They love being at Magic Kingdom like their mother. They like being at Magic Kingdom early and being out by noon. <laughs> like, and maybe we go back to see the fireworks in a preferred VIP area or something because <laughs> the crowds get overwhelmed. It's just, you know, it's a lot there. But it's it's quintessential. It's Disney to everybody. We absolutely love it. They love Animal Kingdom. They love doing the Safari, Festival of the Lion King. My youngest is, and this is funny too, because you mentioned it on your podcast. She's obsessed with Avatar. She's obs- That's what she is going to be for Halloween is, I guess, <laughs> a Navi, an Avatar. I don't even know how you like properly say it because I haven't seen the movies. She's obsessed with the movies, obsessed with the ride. So we love going over there. Man, and then the studios. Like it, it's the, the Pandora Avatar stuff is is just it's just a weird timing thing because of how like spread out those movies are and it just it it, like hits different generations differently because your kids you know being 11 14 you know that range the new movie just came out so it's like they're they're getting like wait yeah they're getting a new wave of it i like it's just it's just crazy there's a number of these listener questions we've touched on already and, and we're getting long here. So I want to skip um, to our favorite segment that we do, which is overrated or underrated. Jocelyn, we're going to give you one food, one ride, one uh, resort, and we're going to ask you whether or not you think it is overrated or underrated. Chip <laughs> and I will give our answers to, I, I think that these are going to be controversial, but we'll, we'll see where we come down on this. The first one I want to ask, Jocelyn, overrated or underrated, is churros. Overrated. At Walt Disney World, overrated. Hands do you, down. Do you have a different gross. answer for Disneyland? Disneyland, they're better. Definitely better. That, that's the Walt lawyer in me. When I, when I catch people when I'm asking them questions, if they add a qualifier, I always want to know, well, is is it different somewhere else? So that, that's Oh, yeah. It's, it's night and day. Night and day out there. But yes, nope, overrated. I Chip, it's overrated. It's overrated. All I'm not a big churro guy. Uh, I hate really. churros, so it's <laughs> it's an easy. This is an easy one, I think, for the for the panel. I guess overrated. <laughs> the, this one, I think, might hit a little different. Overrated or underrated? Tower of Terror. <laughs> I'm gonna go underrated. It's one of my favorites. Drop me all day long. <laughs> okay. Chip, what do you think? It is underrated for the fact that it is the best themed ride in all of Disney World. It is from when you walk in to when you exit out, it is it's it's old Disney. That's what it that's what Disney that's what Walt Disney wanted. Um if they ever change it, it there's gonna be there's gonna be so many people pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm one of them, and and I'll I'll say it's underrated too, just because it, it is such an important ride to like me and my history with Disney and, and our family. But I could see the argument for it being overrated, just because people like the three of us on this panel hype it up a little bit. I think and talk about how so how much we love it, and then sometimes when somebody rides it for the first time that doesn't have that you know love for it. It maybe doesn't hit the same way that you know some of the Velocicoaster or Guardians or other bigger attractions may may make you feel. So I, I also didn't write it till I was 18 years old. I'm a scaredy cat, and so it scared it scared me. Just I remember when I was 
six with my aunt. My aunt stood outside with me and we watched my family go and I, I was so scared and I didn't ride until I was 18. So, but I love it now. Yeah. It's, have you done Mission Breakout at... I have oh. not, no. It's, I, like, it, it hit Tower is one of my favorites because I can do the drops all day and I do, I love the theming. It's like old school studios. I mean, but Guardians at Disneyland. Because again, we're Marvel <laughs> fans, Matt. <laughs> Oh yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. I I I would be tremendously disappointed if they replaced Tower <laughs> at Walt Disney World with some IP, particularly anything related to Marvel or Avengers. I would die. Yeah, I don't necessarily uh, think they would do the same thing, but it's awesome. I don't think they would either, but um I have heard that the one in California is is awesome. So that that's the, my mom listened to one of our recent episodes about Tower of Terror and she made it a point to text me and say, don't forget that the first time you went on it with your grandpa, you walked straight through and straight back. So I was a scaredy cat too, Chip. And uh, my five-year-old rode it like a champion. And there is an, there's a hysterical picture of her just like, ah, like freaking out. And she would not ride it again with me, which I talked about last week. Oh. But it, it's 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 such a such an iconic ride. The last one, and and I was a little surprised, Jocelyn, that it wasn't one of your favorite resorts. So I'll be interested to I know hear what, what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Go. Overrated or underrated, the Polynesian. Oh. Is that, the, is that okay. what you thought no. I was going to say? No, I thought you were going to throw Animal Kingdom at me. Oh. I mean, we can talk <laughs> um, about that one a little bit too. But first, I want to hear what what's your what are your thoughts on the Polynesian? And, and do you think it's overrated or underrated? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh gosh, I'm torn on this one. Maybe a little underrated. Oh, interesting. I th I think this again feels old school to me. Walking in that lobby, the smell of that specific lobby, the sounds, seeing the castle from there. I do. I think the rooms have gotten a fantastic upgrade. I think they look really, really nice. I think the studio villas over there are really, really nice. I love the split bath, like the two bathrooms there in the in a studio. Being able to watch things for like the nighttime shows from the beach is awesome. The dining there. I would say Ohana is overrated, but it also has Kona and it has Captain Cook's. So I think those are great. Aloha Isle. So I, I would say generally it has a great gift shop. I would say generally underrated. What do you think, Chip? I'm going to go overrated until the tower opens because obviously I'm being a family of seven, I, I can't afford two rooms. The history behind Polynesian is phenomenal being a day one resort. Yeah. The Beatles broke up there. The pool is phenomenal. The watching the fireworks is phenomenal. But for the fact that you can only get like four people, maybe five in a room. It's it's a beautiful resort. Don't get me wrong. It is beautiful, but it is overrated just for that. And Ohana, I agree, is overrated. They try to rush you through there. It's a good meal, but it's, I mean, it's it's a Brazilian steakhouse with Hawaiian food is really what it is. And mm -hmm. I love Hawaii, and it's it's overrated. I don't, that's, so that's, that's me. <laughs> I think it's popular because it's popular. It's like, you know, it, it's it, like it, a Kardashian, it's right? Good. It's good. I, I enjoyed it, but it's like. Dude, we, we haven't even yeah. sat down and the bread and, and the salad's already served. Like, what are we doing? You're my I, I think, 
that that's where it kind of comes down for me is like it's it's so hyped up and it's priced accordingly i think for how popular it is that even though a lot of the things that are there are really really good and really solid and i would recommend people try them sometimes you have to think like is it is it worth it in comparison to the amount of hype and that's that's kind of the way i try and think about these questions sometimes it's just like are are people going to amp it up a little too much? So to me, it's overrated just because it gets so much attention in comparison to a lot of other resorts that have some of the amenities and things that are just as good. And there, there are some things that like people love to rave about, like Trader Sam's that I'm just not, I'm just not going to do because I'm not going to sit and wait, you know, the amount of time you have to do for it. Um, number one. And then the, the other thing that kind of bothers me is that when I've been at the Polynesian, the, the pools can be like really packed and there that to me is like again when you're staying at the polynesian i feel like you're going to spend more time at the resort justifiably so and i want the pool to be a little bit bigger and a little bit more area to spread out i want to have easier access to the restaurants and the restaurants are hard to get into so for all those things to me it's just a little overhyped a little overrated it's not, it's definitely not going to be one of the first things that I recommend to people when they ask me about it. Now, if I had an unlimited budget and unlimited time, I'm, am I like, like my bucket list is a bungalow at the Polynesian, right? Like who wouldn't want to stay there? Or like one of the, the king rooms that are just like the views are gorgeous and, and stuff like that. But compared to the hype that it gets, it, it just doesn't, doesn't I'll do say, it. Nice. I think it's quiet. Like, I agree that the pool's busy, but the overall feels quiet. Like, I've been there, and I've been in the line for the, the was it Pineapple and I or whatever, and it's it's crowded there, but you look off to the left and right, there's nobody. I think it's a quiet resort other than the pool. So I, I think there's a different, sometimes, and maybe it can just be unique to when I've been there, but I feel like the Grand and the Polynesian sometimes can have a different age feel to it. Yeah. Like there, there are a lot of times that I'll be there and you don't see a lot of families with really little kids, which I just find interesting as like, as an observation. And maybe it's just because like pe people like myself, you know, you get a little older and you start wanting to check those bucket list items off <laughs> and more people like that are, you know, spending the time and money to, to stay at those resorts on the monorail and stuff like that. So I think that's going to wrap it up. Thanks, Jocelyn. Thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. If you have any questions or comments, don't ever hesitate to reach out to us on social media or via email. I can be found at, at Adventures of a Disney Dad. Chip and Jocelyn, can you tell us uh, where people can find you guys on social media if they want to follow along? Go ahead. I am on Instagram at back to WDW. That's really where I'm most active is on Instagram. I'm at Robinson Dad Life on Instagram and then Chip Robinson on Twitter. I think I'm going to switch it over. I thought about that today, man. I got to switch it over just to be one. So I think I'm going to switch my Twitter over to Robinson Dad Life. So, man, I, I made a Twitter like a week or two ago and I, I just don't ever, I don't ever post on it. So I couldn't be Adventures of a Disney Dad. I think I'm like the underscore Disney underscore dad and it's just too complicated. <laughs> so, I, 
I may have to look for you for you too, but I, I don't ever really post there anyway. But Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Adventures of a Disney Dad is where you can find me. And if you're interested in having Jocelyn, who is, again, a, a travel agent with the Magic for Less Travel, or myself assist you in planning your next Universal Disney vacation, please feel free to reach out. All of the links to get a free quote will be in the show notes. Our services are free to you, and we would love to help you plan your dream vacation. If you have a moment and you could follow, subscribe, like, and review this podcast on whatever platform you prefer, we would greatly appreciate the support. We know a lot of you have choices. Excuse me. I'm going to edit that out. Uh, we made it all the way to the very end. Of the last <laughs> we know you have a lot of choices when it comes to the content that you consume, and we hope this episode brighten your day a bit, and thank you for spending some time with us. Jocelyn, thank you again. We'll see you guys next time. See ya. Beat McKinley. There you go. Go Tigers.